You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Family, friends, fans, and foes, it's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us uh, for what is the first issue of the new year. Uh, happy 2020 to everyone. Uh, you know, this is the first issue of the new year. I feel like I'm doing it at the last minute. In hindsight, I should have did it last week, but here we are this week, and I'm doing it this It's impossible. I have to do it this week because... The first week, the new year, it's an exciting time because Wrestle Kingdom is upon us. And uh, we're jumping into Wrestle Kingdom already because I'm excited. But I have to get back to the starting. You know what I have to do before we have to do all this. We have to hit us up on the social medias. So go to the Twitter, at TNWPod. Give us a like, a favorite. Uh, go to Spotify. Listen to us on Spotify. And not only that, give Casey Corbin a fucking, you know, follow too as while you're at it on Spotify. Hey, if you're on uh, Facebook, Talking Wrestling is a uh, Facebook uh, page. Uh, you can also um, send us a Gmail for talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Ask us a question, and when we do our Q&A uh, episode later this year, we might pick your question. Also, uh, what else? Oh, yeah, Instagram. Go see us on Instagram. We put up pictures. It's very funny. I put up a picture saying, are you ready for Wrestle Kingdom? And a picture just happened to be of a picture that I took uh, at the last New Japan show I went to of Naito. And sure enough, well, spoiler alert, this show is filled with spoilers. Uh, Naito ends up winning. He's he's the new Ultimate Warrior. He's the Intercontinental Champ and the World Champ over in Japan. So that is a big deal. Um, yeah. And then, uh, what else? Yeah, so hit us up on the Instagram. See these pictures. Talking Wrestling podcast on instagram uh and that is pretty much it if you're on itunes rate review subscribe give us a favorable rating five stars would be nice and a favorable review well done would be great and uh we'll send you a postcard from 1984 yes 1984 so pick your favorite wrestler from 1984 if we have that wrestler uh you know we'll send them to you uh, you could ask for The Rock, and we're like, uh, we got The Rock, but he's, you know, he's still in uh, Rocky Johnson's balls because that's what we got. We got Rocky Johnson. I don't even know if The Rock was born in 84. Anyways, you can get Rocky Johnson. You can get Sergeant Slaughter. You can get the Boogie Woogie Man. So many postcards available of wrestlers you might not even know or wrestlers you might remember. Uh, folks, those are all the details. Hit us up on those details. Or, you know, those social parts, apps, you know what it is. Hit us up there. And uh, now let's get to the show. Uh, my guest, you might have heard him originally in the uh, the, the Boys of Halifax uh, podcast. Like when, okay, I went to Halifax a bunch of years ago and I had three comedians on from Halifax. Travis Lindsay, Andrew Vaughn, and Ryan Freed. And today we don't have Travis Lindsay. We don't have Andrew Vaughn. The Boys Club pad co- podcast is taking the day off. But what I do have is 
and end new Japan pro wrestling expert, uh, pro wrestling ring announcer, as well as a very funny comedian out of Halifax, good friend of mine, Ryan Freed. Ryan, how are you? How are you doing, bud? Not too shabby, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, good to have you on. Um, I was I was totally thinking about having you on this like this show to do it this year because you are one of those guys that you know you know your differences between your Tanahashis and your Takahashis, and yeah, yeah. unlike certain uh, Winnipeg residents. Yeah, exactly. And you know your differences between your Ishis and your Ebishis. You know, whereas sometimes <laughs> I don't know my difference between my ABCs and my CBDs. So, you know, my CBDs make me feel better, I'll tell you that. But anyway, uh, that's another story. Wrestle Kingdom, how excited are you when Wrestle Kingdom rolls around? You know, I'm, I, I, I'll tell you, Casey, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried I'm getting inundated with, with good matches here. You know, like I'm, I'm worried that it, uh, uh, it clouds me when I, when I go back and watch WWE. No, I mean, I loved it. I, uh, this, this is my WrestleMania every single year. Like, you know, I'm still a WWE guy. I still follow it and everything, but I really, I haven't been watching regularly in months. And, uh, you know, this, Wrestle Kingdom is the is the pay-per-view that I really get up for every single year, you know, fig- figuratively and literally because it starts at fucking three o'clock in the morning. But, uh, yeah, like it's just it's it, there's there's very few shows that I get emotionally invested in where I'm actually like on the edge of my seat. And like this was actually one of them, you know, that main event with Naito and uh, Okada. It was it, I, I, I was I was actually emotionally invested. You know what I mean? And like you, I don't feel that a whole lot anymore with WWE. With WWE, it's more like. I'm hoping that so-and-so gets a chance. I'm hoping that so-and-so doesn't get fucked up on the main roster if they move up. With New Japan, it's like, you don't have any reser- – you know this is going to be a great match. You know this is going to be a good card. It's just how good it's going to be, you know? Yeah, and I'll watch – there will be matches during Wrestle Kingdom where I'll, I will watch them. And every year this is the same thing where it's like, I go, wow, the WWE could not even come close to putting on a match – that entertaining or that well you know what i mean like, like the first even even the the opening matches with the older guys like the, you you take the worst match on this show and you put it on a wwe show and it's it's it might not be the best match on the show but it's certainly like in the top top two or three matches on the show yeah yeah and uh and, and just uh, uh this is the like i like the idea of them breaking it up over two days to be honest it just makes it feel uh more special like it's crazy when you think that you know uh, Mox John Moxley uh, d- win in one night he he wins a title and then the next night he has to defend that title or even Juice Robinson and David Finley they win the titles and then the next night Juice Robinson has to defend his other title and and what happens there you know it was like it, it, it's crazy it's it's just started crazy over the two nights like what you have could be you know you think one night oh my god. And then the next night is like, oh my god, you know, it's just it's insane when you put w- the two shows WWE like that. Would, WWE would argue that they they do that now with the you know they they do Raw, SmackDown, uh, uh, they they basically when they do their big fours they'll do like you know four or five shows in a row yeah. in whatever area they're doing. But I I agree. I think that uh, uh, Mania. I mean. How many t- like you, you you got like you know your your twelve match thirteen match four hour five hour manias 
And that what I mean, like five hours. That's like the regular show. I mean, if you count the the pre-show, wasn't last year's Mania seven and a half hours? Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was it was yeah. uh, it was like almost eight hours. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, and, I, and even yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead. People people couldn't find ways home. Like people were people that went out on transit. Uh, transit ended up being closed when the time they got out of the stadium. Uh, yeah. It was horrible. It was horrible. There's, like th- yeah. There's no re- there's no reason why they shouldn't make it over two. I mean, I I don't think they ever will. I think like like what they've been doing in the last few years, where it's like if they have two big things for one guy to be doing one night after the other, they'll just do one on Mania and then the next one on Raw or SmackDown or whatever. Uh, I think that they like. I was worried going into this how it was going to be with two nights because it's basically two WrestleManias back to back. Yeah, and with the you know. There and, and you saw it on, at, at, at Wrestle Kingdom Night 2. The first night, there was over 40,000 people. And the second night, there was just over 30,000. So, I mean, even just in ticket sales, you got some people that are getting burnt out. But I was worried just like just from sheer watching two nights of, of you know, those main events are both over 30 minutes. You know, that's it, it, like I was I was joking around on the top of getting inundated with good matches, but it's true. I mean, like you watch these 30, 35 minute, you know, Dave Meltzer, seven star rated classics yeah. after a while. And they just start like blending as good as they are. They can just start blending together in your head if that's all you're watching. Totally. I totally agree with that, too. And, and not only that, it's like, you know, like uh, like Okada's matches are so long. Um. Yeah. That I Okada is that, is modern day Asian Ric Flair. Oh, you know he he looks like Trevor Trevor Boris. I always thought of that, but <laughs> he uh, but he yeah he is the modern day Nature Boy Ric Flair. His as far as his matches going, uh, the longest times and having the most entertaining matches, and uh, he's just so good to watch, and it's just like you know it's I, it's fantastic. So. Let's just go down to the first card. We'll just break it down here. Absolutely. I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first, like, I didn't even, I don't even remember the first couple matches till maybe, but maybe match four, because uh, I ignore a lot of the undercard sometimes in these things because I was the same way. But the first match you had the, the Liger retirement match. Yeah, like, first yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Well, there was like, uh, there were some matches before, but I don't think we we're oh, privy yeah. to it. So like they were, they had, uh, you know, like uh, Ten Cozy uh, against Nagata and uh, Nakana Nakanahashi. Uh, yeah, Nakanahashi. <laughs> yeah, I rather call Blue him Justice by his... Nakanahashi. Sometimes you wanna you wanna just get, pick their first name because uh, Manabu sounds uh, like like the, the the love child of Manitoba and Malibu, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I, I think I, I think. I think the last time we were on tour, me, you, and Casey or Carrie Lee, we had a monster morning at one of those buffets in New Brunswick. So. Oh yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> and that's somewhere you'd probably run into the Manabu. Uh, but we didn't see that match. We started with uh, Justin Thunder Lagger, and you know what's was great with this? Great with his skills and magic. What was great was uh, when they when Tastiami Fujiyami came out because <laughs> I remember him from wrestling Ric Flair from back in the day. And, Sixty-seven uh, years old. It still looks good. It still looks good. Oh, it looks great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had a, like, this was like sort of like the old timers match, where um, Lager had all of his mentors and and opponents and friends come out and like wrestle one match, one last match with him, and uh, 
it was just nice. It was it was nice to see. And and, and Liger, uh, being such a traditionalist, you know, he goes out getting pinned. So yeah, this I don't think there was going to be any other outcome for this whatsoever. And it's 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 not like you know that last Ric Flair run back in 05 or 06 or whatever year he was going into Mania 24 um, where it was like, you know, he's going to go on a run and then he'll he'll lose his match match. No, no, that's not how they do it in Japan. Like, he's going yeah. to go out on his back and he's going to put out in, in, in the second night, he's going to put out the younger guys, but or put over the younger guys. But on the first night, it was just, you know, it was a celebration you. of Liger. Yeah, and it was beautiful. And then, and then, we get, then the real card starts. As we get to see, uh, I, I just want to say, as 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 a, as a kid that grew up, like right before YouTube, there was this era where I was just like downloading off of LimeWire, whatever, yeah. any matches I could, and it was the uh, the uh, the Liger and uh, uh, and Hayabusa match from the the Super J Cup in '94. But as a as a kid, and uh, watching this match coming back, uh, the um. It was the 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 uh, Scott, the great Sasuke that freaked me. Yeah, like, I, I loved seeing the great Sasuke because back in the day, I mean, if you remember, he even had a brief run at WWE. Oh, I do remember. With, uh, yeah, Taka Mishinoku at the uh, uh, the Canadian Stampede show, which is really good. Um, and what I also loved was um was the uh, oh jeepers, what was it? Hold on a second, let me try. I ju- it just uh, it's gone. It, oh, well, we're talking about Justin Thunder Lager. Um, Jeez. I was like. You know, I was thinking back to my favorite uh, lagger matches and what I remember. And I remember when, you know, uh, him and Brian Pillman would have great matches. And a lot of people don't remember that, like, Justin Thunder Lager, as well as uh, the great Sasuke, they're stampede guys. Those guys, like, Justin Thunder Lager, he he came to Canada and and went and learned in the dungeon uh, and became, he's one of the legends that, that, never gets mentioned for stampede uh, coming out of the stampede dungeon um you know and and his matches in wcw with brian pillman aka another stampede guy you know just fantastic and uh and yeah, he even and, worked wcw right up to like 2000 he had a couple matches i think in 2000 i don't know if it was late as 2001 but oh. he, he was working there all through well i remember one match he was like it was uh, you, I, for some reason Halloween Havocs. I remember a lot. Or wait a minute. Oh wait. Oh oh wait. Uh, I'm a, I might be getting Muda mixed up with my laggers. Uh, yeah. I was <laughs> I was I was gonna talk about uh, Flair and Lagger going yeah, that, against uh, Funk, but it's Muda. It is Muda in the in the Thunderdome. <laughs> You're talking about when he put the put the fire out with the spray. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. So Suzuki yeah, Gun Suzuki Gun is up next uh, against. Uh, well, against uh, I can never pronounce the you know it's like I can never pronounce the name of the uh, the L I D J. What's that? Tomohiro Ishii. No, no, no. I know how to say that. Oh, I got my I got my Japanese. This is uh this is your uh your, your Suzuki Gun L I J match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always I can't I can't remember the L I J. Like I always get the L I J. Uh, you know that in I can't even say that. Bushi. It's like. Ingarable marbles, I marble like in, I, it's such a tough word for me to say. Los ingobernables de Japón. I know, but I can't say it's. I can't pronounce Spanish Japanese, so it's like it's just you got, they're the ungovernables, but you just got to say it a little more, you know, racist like. You know, oh, in, like ingobernables. That, so they're in, in, the ingovernables. That's all it basically yeah, it is. is. You just say ingobernables yeah. de Japón. Okay, I got it, but I, I like. I, 
but that is one of my favorite factions because it's Nido's faction with uh, Sanada, Evil, uh, uh, Bishi or Bushi, and uh, and the other one is uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Shingo Takagi. Yes, that's it. That's it. How come some Japanese names you say the full name, yet some of them you only say the last name? Well, and then when they get announced, they do the last name first. Like Shingo Takagi would be announced as Takagi Shingo. The only ones they do first name, last name are the American guys or the Canadian guys. Oh, okay. Interesting. And uh, the, so uh, this was just your your regular faction versus faction match. And, uh, yeah, it was fairly decent, fairly quick. This this wasn't anything too special, but I love watching. Apparently, from what I've heard from uh, uh, Kevin Kelly said in an interview, Takagi is the one that a lot of the boys like watching. Like they call it, they, they always say it's a sellout at the monitor when Takagi's out there. Oh yeah, he will hit people so fucking hard. He's just he, like he's not he's he's bigger than your normal light heavyweight, but he's so stout. He's built like this this thick ass brick shit house, and he just murders people with these shots. He didn't do anything too crazy in this match. I think he. Uh, he threw a couple really big shots, but like usually Takagi is the one that everybody likes to watch because he's just he's so stiff. Yeah, and they're cutting a good pace through the like. I mean, like as far as the booking, they're cutting a good pace. The most like all the matches have been under ten minutes so far. It's got a good flow to the pay per view right now. As these are the kind of eight man matches where I don't mind if you're wanting to do them just to get everybody else on the card because at least you're showcasing people and it's not a battle royal where everyone's just getting lost in the shuffle. Yes. So then next we have two more factions, battle of factions. Uh, and and, and how, how times have changed where Bullet Club is no longer the head faction, really. Uh, you know, and uh, and they're going up against Chaos. And, uh, you know, the names in, Bud, uh, in Bullet Club, you'd think uh, not what it used to be. Um, now, Chaos has Goto and they have Ishii and Yano. Who Yano is the comedy guy, so I never really like Yano. Although I have a picture of him. And Yoshihashi, who's essentially the comedy guy. I can't fucking stand Yoshihashi. Yeah, yeah. They're like so. You got like two guys that aren't comedy guys with two guys that are comedy guys, and then they defeat Bullet Club, uh, Kenta, Bad Luck Fale, uh, Takahashi, and Chase Owens, and. Um, yeah. That's... Did you see Yoshihashi fucking smash his face on the ring last year? He pulled a uh, uh, what's his? Who's the guy that did it at the uh, at the Greatest Royal Rumble? Uh, Titus O'Neil. He pulled a Titus O'Neil as he was running. He was doing a big run-in. I can't remember who it was uh, who was against, but he he was running down and doing this giant run-in and did the Titus slide. Except he didn't go underneath the ring. He smashed his face on the ring and got a concussion and was out for about six months. Oh Jesus. That is yeah, horrible. Yeah, came up all bloody and stuff like that, and then, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was. Anyway, he's an idiot. He's rough. I, I, he, the only reason he's even in New Japan is because he's really good friends with, uh, with Okada and the Chaos guys. So I don't even understand yeah. why Chaos is a faction. Like, I, Chaos is as the Bullet Club. You can always throw goons in the Bullet Club. You know, you always need a place for big guys like Fale. You know, yeah, uh, uh, or you, you with Peter. You know, coming down. I mean, like, there's those. There will always be a, a faction for a bunch of, of, of big goon guys that'll just come down and, and you throw them against whoever, whatever baby face they got to go through. Everybody, and they've got one good guy in the top. Like, they've got more than one good guy, but they got a uh, uh, Jay White at the top. So it's like you know, you, you have your your goons that you got to go through to get to the money guy. And I will say, I do like Jay White now. After um, I'm not liking Jay White for the longest time, 
And the reason why I didn't like Jay White before was because I couldn't take him seriously as a heel because I've always found out I've always found that he looks like John Cusack. And <laughs> even in Gross Point Blank, when John Cusack is a hitman, he still doesn't intimidate me. Um, no. <laughs> no. So now. He's a, and he wrestles like an old Memphis heel, just so much stalling and old ta- talking to the crowd, talking to his opponent while he's got him in long chin locks. It's very, very old school heelish with a modern day style behind it. Yes, and now that he's growing the beard, he now he doesn't look like John Cusack. He looks like, you know, Seth Rollinsy, and I'm fine with that because he looks like a heel that it's someone that I wouldn't like. Um, there are too and many Seth Rollins in New Japan. I mean, if you look at the God, they it literally looks like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins as a tag team. Well, now mind you, two of the, like they're related to Roman Reigns. Oh yeah. But the Gorillas, yeah, yeah. So they have, so they have like that's the next match was uh, Juice Robinson and David Finley against. Now, the, see, a, a lot of people really slept on this match. I think this was a, they were saying that this was the concession stand match in the building. This is when a lot of people were like midway through or decided to go. Get, I like this match. I thought, I thought it was that, great. Uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm not a giant fan of Juice as much as everybody else's, but I think in spots like this, he's perfect. Yeah, I don't. I'm personally, I don't like Juice Robinson as, as a you know, I don't really think of him as, you know, uh, a singles guy. I th- I'd yep. rather associate him in a tag team, whether it be with David Finley or whether it be with whoever. But um, they defeated the Gorillas of Destiny, who are I guess they're no longer with Bullet Club. No, they are. They're 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 in the uh, the the. Bullet Club. Oh, so they still are part of Bullet Club. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, and, they're the firing squad now. Okay. Cool. 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 And uh, yeah, and uh, and that was a great match. And afterwards, it was fun to see Fit Finley on the Twitter tweeting out congratulations to uh, his son and Juice Robinson uh, for for uh, you know the winning the tag belts. Um, David Finley is a, is a really underrated guy who I think in the next couple of years could get uh, a really. I think he's more talented than Juice. To tell you. Juice has got a better look. Juice is bigger guy. Juice has has, has a lot more charisma. But yeah. I think in time, I mean, like Finley, he's he 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 can take after his dad. He can be this this bruiser dude who uh, who can just be teamed with anybody. He can go up against anybody. Yeah. So the next match, we then we start a single push. The last uh, you know four matches are all singles, and uh, and all you know titles are involved in all these matches. Uh, this is where shit picks up. It oh does it ever. Now, first of all, Lance Archer had been preparing for this match probably at least for a week because that's how long it took him to braid his hair. Um, how like long? Really sick 1990s rat tail gone crazy. Dude, how long does it take to do that? How long do you think? Like, seriously. I don't he likes to wear, like, he does the Jeff Hardy thing where he wears, like, a giant T-shirt just in his back pocket. Tra- At first, when he was coming down, that's what I thought it was. And I'm like, no, no, that's a rat tail. That's that's exactly what that, that's a Zeller's 1993 rat and, that is. And respect for not st- uh, stealing any Bianca Belair movement with his rat tail, where he could have whipped uh, John Moxley with it. But see, you see, you say, I, I say that's a missed opportunity right there. Well, I'm just saying congrats, because if he did it, he would be compared to Bianca Belair. He should have. He should have thrown some shade right there. That would have been great. So John Moxley and Lance, who who I don't know if you know, but Lance Archer is a big motherfucker. He is a yeah. big guy. 
Uh, I did not realize how big he was until I saw him. And, uh, you know, he... Uh, so, John Moxley, their match is just all over the fucking place. And uh, I didn't even know it was a Texas death match. I had to be like, what the fuck <laughs> is it? Like, what match is... What's going on here, you know? And uh, insane match. Uh, I love that John Moxley seems so happy. Like... He this really is the best John Moxley I've ever seen in my life. Like it, it doesn't. There, there are people that literally that, that didn't follow wrestling that thought this was a different dude, and I can almost see why. Oh yeah, yeah, but it's not. Dean Ambrose is a different dude. This guy yes. is just being himself. He's just out there having a good time, and he's out of his fucking mind. Uh, this is the best version of him that, there, that there's ever been. He's so comfortable, and, and also I just want to add that the. New Japan version of John Moxley is far better than the AEW version of John Moxley. I think, like, just right down to everything, right down to his music, the fact that they uh, they call the inverted DDT, they call it the Death Rider instead of the what I hate the name, the Paradigm Shift for the Double Arm DDT. It's that to me sounds like a WWE style name. Yeah, uh, the Death Rider. I mean, like that's that's a that sounds great. You know, the you don't you don't you don't beat around the bush with a name like the Death Rider. And his music, he comes across as this, this sleazy, you know, coming out of the crowd, uh, 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 unpredictable dude. He just—he seems like he's more in his element. He seems more comfortable. Uh, just his physical, even without his promos, his promos are great. But just his physicality in the ring, you can tell that he's telling stories now. He's not just following a script. He's doing what he wants. Yeah, but do you miss the gas mask? Not a little bit. I miss, <laughs> I miss the shots in the ass a little bit more. No, that was if they had let that go, that would have been such good shit, man. I tell you. Oh my god! So the next match could be. Oh, might... do you want to talk about the finish first? The 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 crazy table spot off the apron that destroyed Lance Archer's <clears throat> arm. I do not like New Japan's tables. Like they're I the don't. Worst? They're not meant to be going through, and they're so unsafe. And that's Moxley's gimmick. There's not a Moxley match where he doesn't put somebody through the table and it's like why i don't know if it's metal reinforced plywood or something but they either don't break or they break in such a way that just going through them massacres your back and arms and everything and that was the case with archer his, his arm was just shattered destroyed. like it's just like the, the shard you could see the shard of wood that ripped into him and it's just like yeah those those tables are like that's the thing. They don't gimmick their tables. If you want to put someone through a table, you have to put someone through a fucking table, you know? Yeah. And, uh, oh, so dangerous. But but I loved it. I thought it was a great match. Uh, it, 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 it was a little, little bit short, but I mean, like, with that kind of a style, that's what you want. Yeah, especially when it's not – if it was the, uh, uh, the second from the top or the last match or something, that would be one thing. But, like, 10 minutes, I think, is about what it went. That yeah, was perfect. J- j- about, about, I think it went to about 15 minutes. 50, that's perfect. Last man standing matches are notoriously boring and long. You know, like there, there's been a few good ones, but there, there's nothing worse than, than having to wait over and over and over again for the 10 count. And I thought that they used it really well. I thought everything about that was I, I, that was probably like my uh, uh, my sleeper match of the night on the first night. I really liked it. It wasn't it wasn't in my top three, but it was for sure my uh, my sleeper match of the night. I liked it a lot better than I thought it was going to. Be. Well, I think the top three just finished off the way the card finished off. Like, yes. uh, so we have Takahashi, not to be confused with Tanahashi, who Tanahashi uh, is not on this this card. 
but Hak- Takahashi is uh, he's the guy with the cats. He's got long hair. He wears a funky, funkadelic looking, psychedelic looking jacket. And he's always and got, he's got these, Daryl the cat. And he's got this cat. I'm like, because when I say he's guy with the guy with the cats, I don't want you thinking Teddy Hart. It's not Teddy Hart. <laughs> I wish it was Teddy Hart, but it's not Teddy Hart. So we got Hiromu Ta- is one of those characters that I think like he can only work as well as he does in Japan. He's amazing. He's one. He, his wrestling can he he can work that way anywhere. But his character, I mean, he's got like a a squishy cat. And uh, uh, he comes down. It was like this weird peacock number, almost like this multicolored look, like the ABC logo or NBC logo, I should say, that he came down with. He, he's a he's a he's a very Japanese character, uh, and that's that's the kind of thing I like about New Japan is that like you're if you, if that presentation was given somewhere else, I don't think it would get over like it does in Japan. Oh no, agreed. And uh, of course, he's taking on. The uh, the junior uh, heavyweight championship or champion, um, Will Ospreay. And Will Ospreay, uh, the greatest high flyer in the sport today, bar none. I don't think I'd there's. So. I, I don't think there's. And like, he's named after. He's Ospreay. It's a bird. It's for a reason. You know, uh, he's the, the best high flyer. And he, look at, he's so good that some of the greatest high flyers of all time have told him, like, you don't need to be doing that much. You can tone it down, uh, but he doesn't, man. And uh, and he uh, slowly started working a little bit safer. Like he, for a while there, when he was just start like getting a name for himself, he was doing what Abushi does and just landing on his neck all the time and taking these disgusting bumps and doing them match after match after match. Like apparently on Mania weekend a few years ago. He had like a bit like four or five brutal matches in a row, and Tenisio to tape himself up, and just just kept going like four, oh, or five, six God. in a row. Crazy. Uh, what, now though, I, I find he's toning a little bit down because I I think that uh, just spoilers he lost the belt here. Uh, what yes. I think is going to happen is that he's going to go into the heavyweight division. I think in in a few years he might be the first guy. Because they've ne- they've never done this before in Japan. They've never even had a match in Japan where the light heavyweight champion has pinned the world champion in a non-title match. Yeah, they've had a match where the Liger has fought the champion and, and other light heavyweight champions have fought the champion. Uh, Okada and Osprey has had some amazing matches, but uh, I think in the next two or three years, you could see Osprey be that guy that could do the uh, win the light heavyweight title and the uh, the world title at the same time. I don't know. I, I put I, maybe like sixty-five percent chance, but he could be the one that does that does it. Well, you know, it, it's very, very possible. Um, yeah. So he, he has a great match there. Uh, then the the, the 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 matches just get better. Uh, now we have Naito going up against Jay White, uh, a match that I just saw in in L.A. Um, oh, of course. Uh, I always like uh, Gato, who was with Jay White. I always like his fashion sense. Like, he's just always wearing, like, <laughs> Adidas jackets and fucking... Uh, Dom DeLuise slash Andrew Vaughn hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, before before Andrew was rocking those hats, I was rocking those hats plenty, so... I think, I think Gator was walk, rocking them before all of us, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm more of a Nido guy. I like to wear a ball cap on stage with my hair. Uh, <laughs> like, actually, I, I, I looked at him, I'm like... We do try to wear our hair the same, like we do, we have it all out all over the place. Uh, 
Man, and and, and that's, watching. That's what I think when I look at you, Casey. I'm like, man, that hair reminds me of Tetsuya Naito. That's oh, thank. Oh my God, my heart beats. Uh, my biggest regret is uh, after we so after the show, we were at the show last year in L.A. and uh, we went to a bar afterwards next door, and then we came out of the bar. The streets were empty. And Nido was walking down the street pulling his uh, trolley, like a little carry-on bag. And we just said, hey, Nido. And he looked at us, and we gave him, like, a thumbs up. And, uh, and you know, he just gave did us he, a nod. Did he spit on you? Did he spit no, on you? no, he just gave us a nod, and he was, you know, he was great. And uh, I regret not asking him for a quick pick. You know, like, if we just should have ran up to him and got a quick pick, it would have been great. But, you know, uh, I didn't want it to, you know, I'd already met Suzuki and uh, Sanada and um, Ibishi and Yano, but um, and Ivory. And, and Viano is that what you said? The no, last one was Yano. Yano was there. <laughs> I and, just said Viano. You know, no, the, the no. lost members of Los Ingone, lost members of Los Ingo Never Stay in Japan was the Viano family, I believe. It was weird. I mean, I'll tell you, meet and greets with Japanese stars are the fastest meet and greets because they don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> So they it's just don't want to learn either, and they don't want to know. So, like, do you really want to have a conversation with Minoru Suzuki, or do you just want to get the <laughs> fucking picture and get the fuck out of there before he loses it on you? Yes. <laughs> like you know, like I was like nervous uh, meeting uh, Suzuki, and the lighting's all weird, uh, you know. But uh, I I found out of the four, you know, Yano's like, hey, let's do the Yano thing. And I'm like, yeah, like, why the fuck am I doing this? That's what the Yano <laughs> thing says. You know, and then uh, Ibishi was probably the best because uh, you take a picture with him and he's just fucking ripped. Like, he is, like, he's built and ripped. And uh, I should be talking about Ibishi going into the next match. But we're talking about Nino and Jay White. And uh, this, you know, again, this is the match of the night. Until we get to the next card, until we get to the next I match. I, 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 a lot of people really, really like this. I thought it took way too long to get going. I thought the last 15 minutes or so of this match was incredible, but I thought that this match could have been 20 minutes and it would have been better. Um, I, I was really, really, this is like I was saying at the beginning, I was really invested in this match. Naito has been my guy for a lot of years. Not, the first Wrestle Kingdom that I really watched was uh, Wrestle Kingdom 8, which was in 2004. 14, I believe it was. Yeah. And that was the one where Naito became Naito because he had won the G1 that year and he got a shot at Okada. But the other match for the Intercontinental title was Nakamura and Tanahashi. And they did a voting. They, the, the New Japan wanted to put Nakamura and Tanahashi on last, even though the world title was the Naito Okada match. So what they did was they put it up to fan voting. And of course, the fans voted to have. Uh, Nakamura and Tanahashi go on last for the inner. So the Intercontinental title actually headlined Wrestle Kingdom Eight, and that was the Wrestle Kingdom that had like uh, they had a uh, Marty Friedman played Tanahashi to the ring. Uh, the Time Splitters came out in the DeLorean. Uh, they had that crazy uh, the, the announcer, the, the Pride girl, the, the the woman from Pride. She was like an opera singer that announces all the all the people coming to the ring. That was my favorite Wrestle Kingdom I think that I've seen. I mean, there's the last few years have had better matches, but the 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 atmosphere at that one was so cool. So what happened was Naito decided that the fans had fucked him over by voting him to go on second last and not headline the show. Yeah. So that's when he went on excursion to Mexico, and in Mexico they made fun of him for being Asian, 
And so whenever they would see him, they would do the slanty eyes, make fun of him thing. So he would look back at them and he would pull his eyes open and do the round eye thing to them. So that's where the Naito uh, taunt comes from. And there's so much backstory. And this is hit leading up all these years leading up to this. He's been stop and start pushes. He's won the title a few times, but at smaller shows. This is this is where it goes. And like I said, I, I thought the first few minutes were, were a little bit laborious. But once you get into the end of it, I thought that this was such a well-paced, amazing match for the last 10 minutes or so. Just so many false finishes and stuff. Because you know that they want to go the whole way with, with Jay White. You know they want to pull the... Jay White is like uh, Gato's new Okada. Yeah, like he's the young guy that uh, that Okada, that, Jay, that that Gato really wants to push down people's throats. So when I when Naito won this match, I was it was like one of those like oh type situations. Like okay, fine, he's going he's going into the final. This 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 is going to be all right. And it made the uh, the Okada match so much uh, so much more with more, more stakes on the line. Yeah, because you didn't know because Ibushi is cashing in, and uh, and he's you know and he's. Because it's everybody had something to lose here. Naito is going in, and like he he's all in. Like he's got the least to lose because he's got to win the title from Jay White, and they're all looking to be the first two-time champion. Um, you know, first it, double it, champion. Yeah, the first double champion, and the the four of them are in this together in this double main event, and uh, we're gonna see what happens and. You know, and it's it's uh, it's insane. And sure enough, uh, you know, Naito uh, goes and uh, and uh, oh my God, shut up! Hold on a second, my tablet just started. Siri, nope. sorry, Siri, off. Siri's telling me not to apologize. I, I don't think he apologized. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry about that. Um, my tablet wants to just have a conversation. My tablet's trying to get on the podcast. No, not now. <laughs> So, um, the best match of the night for me, Okada and Ibushi. Ibushi. This is my favorite match of the entire weekend. Me too. And, uh, and it got so good. Like, just the middle of the match where Ibushi's punches are becoming very, very, very real. And the crowd is starting to, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, he, the crowd almost turned on him. Uh, you know, uh, the crowd j- turns on Obushi sometimes because they love him so much, and he hurt. Like he will land on his neck when he doesn't have to. The way I was describing his neck the other night, Kota Obushi's neck is like Homer Simpson's head. You yeah. could just drop him on his neck all day, and he'd be just fine. Well, it's very thick. I'll tell you that. You know, he's a he's a beautiful man. I'll give him that. He, he's, he's an incredible looking. He looks like just like one of the posters you see in the gay village in Montreal. Just like the most put together <laughs> dude you've ever seen in your life. And yes. just so, he's, I think he's like 38 or 37. And he looks like he's like 22. He don't. That's crazy. It's just crazy. And this match was crazy. And Okada just always delivers the best matches. And it's a 40 minute match. And it's unbelievable. And you know what? I was not happy with the outcome, but you know it is what it is. And uh, I was and I wasn't because uh, here's the thing: I love Kota Ibushi. Uh, I think Ibushi's amazing, but Okada versus Naito, as and even though Okada's not really a heel, yeah, 
Okada's been the champion for years and years and years. He's been the the, the Wrestle Kingdom when he always wins the big one ever since he he beat Tanahashi. He's he's won in the in the Tokyo Dome every single year. So it, even though he's not really a heel, it kind of gave the second night a babyface heel thing. You know, it was it's like Hogan versus Warrior. It, they are both babyfaces. But yeah. you want to see the new guy come on, you know? Like, he's been trying for years and years, so, like, let, let, let's let him run with it. Yeah, and and, uh, and it's, it would be curious to see what happens because we've already sort of covered that night two. We know that Naito wins, and uh, he does go on I was to... just expecting to see Jack Tunney come out the next day and say, no one champion can defend two titles. Or why not come out and say they'll, they'll never be a rematch because of the exhaust, you know? <laughs> Because both guys were tired, you know. I like, remember watching that as a kid after WrestleMania six and being like, "What are you talking about?" Like, so, so the thing that you said was going to happen isn't happening. He's not going to hold both belts, and they'll never be a rematch. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's so, yeah, it's so, uh, it was so bogus. It was so bogus, and I think that's where I started hating Jack Tunney when I was a kid. Right there, at that fuck, moment. fuck Jack Tunney, fucking bullshit. Funny um, Jack Tunney. So we uh right, so let's do night two. Night two. We gotta get through this. We're we're well we're you know, about ten minutes left to run through night two here. So we got uh we got uh you know, Lee L I J uh going on against the most violent players and uh and uh Suzuki gun. It's like what is this? It's a three man Oh gauntlet. fuck the gauntlet match for the never yeah. six man championship. And then it, it's just a weird title day, the never the never title, because it's never a title until you win a title. Like it's the, it's it's the right to cash in on winning the title, isn't it, or something See, like the, that? The, 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 the never title was. I, I'm pretty sure um, um, Masato Tanaka was one of the first champions. They, they 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 brought the belt out for like older. I think him and like Shelton Benjamin yeah. feuded over it a few years ago. So it was. They, they designed it like that. Like, it was kind of like the X title, where it was like, it's not the Cruiserweight title, but, like, anybody can wrestle over it, whether they're old or young. It was mostly, like, older guys like them. Um, but since now, to me, it's become the Japanese-European title. Okay. Yeah. It's makes like sense. The, it's like a third-string title. That's that. It's, it's, it's even... I'd say it's even below the U.S. title in Japan. Yeah. So there we go, and there... Uh, yeah, and... Uh... Yeah, that's just a big gauntlet match, and uh, but so but the never this is for that was for the never six man titles. Yes, yes. I didn't even know there was such title, such a title. Yeah, well, it's, it's it, like what I was gonna say was it's it's so stupid that they they have this never belt and now they have the six man belt, but they also call the six man belt the never belt. It's like why just call it the New Japan or the IWGP or whatever? Never, <laughs> ne never exactly never. Yeah. So so, uh, who won that match? Uh, that was um, uh, Lij. Lij won the six man titles. Okay, cool, cool. And then we got the uh, the Liger match. So we got the Liger match Which next. Which was just sad. I thought it was just sad. Yeah, I didn't like it. No, well, again, he he went out with his back uh, on the on the mat. You know, two, looking up two at the lights. On the mat. Yeah, the, 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 there was a few flurries where he looked up for for, for those that the match was uh, Liger and Sano versus uh Hiromu Takahashi and Ryu Lee, the former dragon. Yes. Uh and it was there was a couple like the match started off right as soon as the bell Liger just ah, just ran at Hiromu and then they just started exchanging. It was really cool. And you had a few flashes like that. But it just ended so anticlimactically with just Hiromu hitting the time bomb and pinning Liger and that was it. 
that was all that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, 12 minutes and this was his retirement match. Uh, so we went in to, and then after the match, there was no fanfare or anything like that. We just moved along to the next match. Rapungi uh, 3K uh, with Rocky Romero, who used to be part of Rapungi Vice. Uh, they defeated Bullet Club, uh, the Bone Soldier. I and, I really like this match. I think ELP is going to be somebody real soon. Not, yeah, and awesome because he's, he's another Vancouver dude, too, I think. Canadian, yeah, from Vancouver. And uh, I like the Bone Soldier. I like. Uh, I love Ishimori. He's Asian Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's great. I I, I seen him in a few matches uh, in when he was in Impact uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, I got to see him wrestle a few matches here in Toronto, which was great. Uh, Zack Saber Jr., my one of my least favorite wrestlers. I just don't uh, like Zack Saber Jr. just because I, he's tall and he's lanky, and I I just I just don't like I his wrestling style. I, but, I, I think he's a good heel. I like his charisma. I, I, I like his mannerisms. But, yeah, as a wrestler, it's so hard to buy him getting punched in the face by guys like fucking Tomohiro Ishii and still being able to come back. Yeah. Um, well, dude, I watched him uh, wrestle Walter one night, and I was like, how is this match even happening? But yeah. it ended up with Zack Sabre looking like he should, and at the end of that match, his mat, his chest just looked like uh, it, uh, it looked like ground beef. It was yeah. If you want to do a match where he's constantly just avoiding these giant guys, and then like it builds and builds and builds to the the part where the big guy just whacks him, that's it. But like when he's doing shot for shot exchanges with guys like Ishi or Walter, that's where I can't believe it. Yeah, and in this match, he's against uh, Sonata, who is. So this was a good like like pretty evenly paced wrestling match. If you like that. Yeah, and I did like it, and I'll tell you also, I like Sonata. Uh, Ever since he got rid of the mohawk, I like him yes. with his hair down. I like him. Yes, with, I agree. Uh, I like scruffy beard Sonata. The scruffy beard Sonata. Yeah, he's, you know, it's like, why does this guy gimmick himself up so much? He's a good looking fucking guy who looks like he could hold on to the, the title one day on his own. You know, I think he's one of those guys that just like he's. He's got literally everything you need to be a top star except for that one little bit of, like, it factor. Yeah. And he's just – instead of finding it naturally, he's just overcompensating with shit like the cold skull gimmick and all the masks and, like, the crazy hair. There's something about Mary hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, it, this is this is better now. I like this guy that's wrestling now. And, uh, you know, and I think it, he could be a world champion in a few years. That's what I'm that's saying. How good, I think Sonata is. I I think he's that size. He's that he looks the size. He looks the part, and I think he could be the next breakout guy out of the Lij. But he not just to, needs that one little thing. I don't know that intangible. Yeah, and it didn't happen tonight as uh, Zack Saber Jr. defeated him, and uh, that's what it was. But we move on to the next match. Uh, John Moxley, who had an insane yeah. match the night before. Has now got to go up against Juice Robinson, huge fan favorite. Um, you know, I like this match, but I've seen it like what, how this is this the fourth time they've wrestled? I think. Yeah, probably something like that. And there, it's it's always a really good match, but that's my problem when you get one of these foreign guys that only have a limited schedule, like Moxley and Jericho when they come in, and you you want them to build up feuds, but at the same time, it's like I've seen him wrestle Juice so many times. Yeah, and uh, and. The real cool part about this match was the afterwards. Yeah, so so Moxley uh, wins wins afterwards, and then out of nowhere, 
uh, Suzuki, Minoru Suzuki comes out and just motherfucking Suzuki and just attacks. Like it's sort of like you think you're crazy. I will show you what crazy is. And Suzuki comes down and attacks John Moxley, and yeah. it looks like you know this makes sense that Moxley is going into a feud with Suzuki, and I just pray for the young lions and the young boys around the ring those matches <laughs> because now do you, do you think that Moxley will wear the Japanese U.S. title on AEW? Yes, and this is why. Um, by Jericho wearing the AEW title and them recognize it in the New Japan, uh, this will continue AEW's destruction of Ring of Honor. Uh, I want I want to see it happen, but I just don't see, with Moxley and it's the, it's like their their secondary title. I don't I don't I think that they might acknowledge him as the champion, but I don't know if you'll see the belt. I'd like to see it. I hope they do. It's it, it would be in New Japan's best interest to work with AEW. Well, you know that needs to happen. I think. Well, look at they—they're gonna realize. First of all, everybody talks about the AEW war with WWE. There is no AEW war with NWA. No. They compete with NXT on one night, but AEW war his their war is a silent one that nobody talks about, and it's this and it's the destruction of Ring of Honor. And they started the minute <laughs> the minute that fucking you know like remember when all in the happened. Elite. The, uh, the the elite, elite they, they well they, they used for all in they used the rings from Ring of Honor they used the talent from Ring of Honor it was a, for it the, was a co-promotion with Ring of Honor yeah and then the Jericho Cruise Ring of Honor rings yes. Ring of Honor talent and then so when it comes in time that the G1 is going to happen in, in Madison Square Garden they sell that card out based on the fact that people thought the Ring of Honor was going to be involved with with the elite. But then, then we realized, oh, the elites all pulling out and starting AEW on their own. The minute they did that, they fucking took all of Ring of Honor's top stars, and and it really sunk Ring of Honor. And then now, uh, you know, here they are. The best thing Ring of Honor has going for it is when they do War of the Worlds and they get to team up with New Japan. Absolutely. And now, if that goes away, Ring of Honor. It drops its its value even more. If Ring well, who of, do they work with now? Is it CMLL or is it AAA? They're working with the uh, with uh, they work with triple. I think they work with both. Uh, they're friendly with both. Yeah, and they work it, with it the Chinese mean, promotion. Either, either or, you know, you got Tanahashi and Okada, or you got like you know Ultimo Guerrero and Mysticies. Look at like look at this. Look at it this way: if you're if you're fucking New Japan, and you do a deal with AEW. You get all your stars back. You get fucking Omega back. You yeah, telling me that people don't want to see Omega march back in and have another Okada Omega match? You tell me or, or join up with Abushi again? You tell me that the Young Bucks? Oh my God! If we can have the Golden Lovers back together, you telling yes. me that the fucking Young Bucks Japan does not want to see the Young Bucks again? Like I'm telling you, but they're, they're the AEW, the promotion that those two getting together is the right match. But they're still they're still pissed at Kenny and the Bucks for leaving. It's not even so much for creating AEW. They, it's so weird because when Nakamura left, the company literally bent over backwards to see him out as a star. They made it so that he didn't have to drop the Intercontinental Title. 
his last match with AJ Styles wasn't for the Intercontinental title, I don't think. I'm pretty sure they stripped him of the title, and they were like, you can have your last match at Wrestle Kingdom with AJ, and we'll do your send-off and stuff like you've been so good with. But then, like, when Omega got super big and decided to leave, they, they, they felt that, whether right or wrong, that he still had juice left in him, that he, that, that he should have stayed in New Japan yeah. for another few years before he left. And they, I don't know if you've heard about this, but they have tried to make Omega's life a living hell recently. He, he tried to go back to Japan to do a show for his, uh, his original promotion, DDT, and New Japan actually tried to keep him from getting across the border. Wow! Like they, they tried to stop him in customs. Huh. They, they, the New Japan has all these connections with with higher ups and like the Japanese government. And yeah, stuff. I mean, of like, course. look, fucking uh, um, what's Anoki is in the Japanese government, yes. isn't he? I'm pretty sure Antonio Anoki's in the Japanese. No, he government. is. He is. Yeah, he's in the Japanese. So yeah, government. like he yeah. tried to get across the plane and he had to get stopped at uh, at customs for I think like eight hours or something like that in Japan, oh. uh, just because uh, they they tried to fuck with him. Crazy, but yeah. It's, it, 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 like, it's in their best interest to work with AEW, especially now that they lost their TV deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So here we go with Goto and Kenta. Uh, Kenta representing Bullet Club. Uh, as for those of you who know, Kenta, uh, Hideo, Hideo, Hideo Itami? Hideo Itami from NXT. Uh, Goto beat him, and uh, he lost the Never Openweight Championship. Um, the last five minutes of this was really good, but other than that, I, I, I wasn't super crazy about this match. Uh, Jay White goes up against Ibushi. Uh, I'll tell you, not the, the battle ma- of the losers. The Who's battle the of the biggest loser match. Yeah, and and uh, and uh, not a good weekend for Ibushi. Uh, Jay White rightfully goes over. I think that's the right choice too because absolutely. I, I don't I think... think it's perfect. What they're going to do is they're going to build Ibushi up over the next year, the guy that can't build the big one. Yeah. This year was Naito's year. Next year is going to be Ibushi's year. It could be. And then we have the AEW world champion, Le Champion, Chris Jericho, who uh, a lot of people body shamed him uh, in this match. <laughs> and I, I guess they like, I, 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 and the fucking losers body shaming him should not be body shaming anyone. Like, you, let's see where you are when you're 50 years old. You're not gonna be wrestling in a double main event at fucking Wrestle Kingdom. You're not gonna be How world much champion. Younger is Tanahashi? Tanahashi's not that much younger than him, is he? No, but Tanahashi's like Jennifer Aniston. He just doesn't age, and he has the best hair in entertainment. Tanahashi might be the most perfect specimen of what like a wrestler should look like. Like it doesn't matter, like like black, white, Asian, American, Canadian. It doesn't matter. Like you, you just just his his body type, his size, everything. He's like the perfect template in like a create a character mode for like a wrestler you know like uh jbl always used to say that about randy orton if he yeah. started from the ground up he'd be the perfect super no no it's tanahashi for me i'm Tana, he's when big I'm... enough that he can fight anybody and he's small enough that he can come across as an underdog when he has to and i was excited about this too because at some point i knew there was going to be an air guitar battle in the middle of this <laughs> match and i got like when jericho climbed the ropes and Jericho, Tanahashi is like, he does the one knee and the big Pete Townsend fucking windmill strands, whereas Jericho <laughs> is more uh, defined by metal, and he's like up on the top rope fucking Ingwie Malmsteen in it. And uh, <laughs> I absolutely love, like, I love, I love everything Chris Jericho does. And this match is... This was by far my favorite match of the second. Well, this is, this is like, you know, Chris Jericho versus John Cena. You know, they're like Tanahashi yeah. is the John Cena of New Japan wrestling, and uh, you know, at this match, at this point in his career, 
Who would have thought that his matches would be just as prominent? And him and Jericho are both kind of in the same spots in their careers, you know? And uh, yeah, yeah, and and and, and, and the, the technical clinic that these two put on, like Jericho, the, he, everything that he needed to hit, he hit perfectly. Like the the drop kick off the top, the, the run and jump on the top rope and hit the drop kick. He looked perfect at it. You know, everything he did, he didn't do anything he couldn't do. Uh, the DDT on the table looked out of control, insane. Tanahashi did like the RVD stand straight up in the air. Uh, uh, sell off a table, and it looked amazing. Yeah, uh, th- th- these these two to me, like this this is this is a match that you can show anybody from any, that likes any kind of promotion, and they're going to be into it. Yeah, and and then like I didn't know if Le Champion is a little more flamboyant than Japanese Chris Jericho, the the pain maker. Um, <laughs> and then because like you know pain maker Jericho, I like to call him Clockwork Orange Jericho. Um, because of the makeup he wears, is very clockwork orangey, and yep. uh, and he did come out as that character, so he kind of revolved into his new Japan character that he has evolved out of since becoming uh, AEW World Champion. Um, but you know, a world champion is a world champion, and there is no way Chris Jericho is not fucking bringing his world champion title over there, and uh, you know that's just the way it is. What did you think about uh, Jericho tapping out Tanahashi? I fucking, uh, you know, I thought it was a great match, and I was surprised they topped out because I thought for sure what's best for business is Tanahashi coming to the U.S. and wrestling in a fucking AEW pay-per-view. Because AEW, they need stars. They, you know, they thought they had stars, but... The fact is, and Cornette has been talking about this too. The fact is, is their lose their stars are always losing on TV, and yeah. and and they're always on TV. The Bucks used to never be on TV unless you stayed up late and watched Ring of Honor, but mostly you watched the Bucks on big pay per views. Uh, That's my same- biggest problem with AEW: these big stars losing again and again and again. Again, I, I get what they're building. They're teams, they're not but- building anything. They're killing Kenny Omega and they're killing yes. the Young Bucks. And they yes. don't even realize, and they're at a point now where they don't have any stars because everything that they're playing every week is is just same. It's become the same thing over and over again already. And you know they don't have. They need a Tanahashi to come in and fucking wrestle Absolutely. and make them seem more than what they are. And what they, they are spent- is the the traveling indies. That's what they are right now. Like they're they spent the first the first several weeks or however long it's been of that promotion just beating the elite into the ground, the Omegas and the the, the Bucks and just beating them into the so now what they need to do is just not ju- like they need to build them like monsters from going forward if they're gonna rehab this because now they're past the honeymoon period and they've got people watching them. So yeah. you've spent all this time beating them like a drum. Okay, well now I think in the last episode they had the the, the six man in the, the main event of the last AEW they put Omega and the Bucks over hard but that's what they they need to put those guys over hard going forward Cody too they Cody it's not so bad Cody you can beat him and he's still going to remain his uh, his babyface self but with Jerick or uh, Omega and the Bucks they need to be booked like the stars they are because they're Jerick especially Omega Omega is not the same as he was in New Japan he's exactly. not that caliber of, of star and I don't even mean work wise he's the same work wise it's the star star power. He's not as, as as big of a star as he was. No, before. no. Um, so Jericho, 
defeats Tanahashi. But after the after the show, Jericho gave a great break, a great press conference. This he, was really interesting. And he said that it doesn't matter, Tanahashi, the offer still stands. You wanted to go through the Forbidden Portal, come ahead. There's a shot for you in in in, in America. He's like, yep. if you don't think that we can't do the AEW can't do big business with Japan, or and he goes in Canada, in the U.S., in Australia, in Europe, in and he's just naming off all the countries that they're big in. You know, he's like, he goes, we're we'll work with Ibushi, we'll work with Tanahashi, we'll work, and he names like the top seven fucking guys right to will osprey uh you know so he's open to wrestling all of these guys for world title matches and i'm like that's a list of fucking there's a list that i want to see jericho wrestling all these guys for world title matches yeah make it happen you know and i think jericho with what he wants he is a good habit of getting and he just wants to go on the greatest run before he retires and this could be a run like that would solidify him just in all these great matches he can have. And yeah, they need to do it now, though. Like they, it, he, it has to done. exactly. It has to happen now this year. So, so Tanahashi, Jericho, all these guys. Uh, even uh, Omega's only gonna Omega's already in his late thirties, I think. Like yeah. all these guys are, are starting to get a little bit older. So we got the last match. Naito Hogan Warrior. Hogan Warrior. This is Hogan Warrior. This is. This is the Hogan Warrior of the Japanese generation now. And uh and this match delivers. It's a great match. Uh with a twist at the end. Of course, uh Naito defeats Okada. I did not personally believe that this would happen. Um, but I was glad it did happen. And then at the end. Uh, Kenta comes in, and Hideo Tommy, and uh, can you okay? Can you imagine a Hogan and the Warrior fight, and they fight to this great end of the match? Because and then all and of then a sudden, Haku comes down, and then yeah, Haku or like not even like the fucking yeah, yeah. not even a top a top guy like like a close to the top guy. No, how about how about all of a sudden Lanny Poffo comes in the ring and attacks, <laughs> and hits him with the mortarboard, and hits him fucking with a with a somersault off the top rope and fucking frisbee to the face, and you know and delivers a poem that hurts his fucking feelings. Like this is a joke. I I'm sorry. I just can't. Like Hideo Otami. Yes, we, we you made go to sleep. You made that fucking CM Punk move. Uh, congratulations. That's what you're famous for. You're going to attack, you know, yeah, you have Bullet Club behind you, but to go to war against, uh, now the top fat, I would have to say after this year's Wrestle Kingdom that Les Imponer, the Ingovernables are the top faction in, in New Japan. Oh, by far now. Yeah. So, and this is something that Kenta wants to do is wage war. And bring Bullet Club into Naito. These guys the have been fighting forever. The angle. Like, I, I, I don't mind this angle. I don't mind Kenta. Kenta's not a bad first challenger, you know? Like, like he, he's, he's not a bad, like, once back in the 90s, once you won your title, you know, and, and the first in your house would come up, you know, you needed somebody to, to fight at that first in your house. Yeah. That's what Kenta is. He's not bad at it. But you could have done that angle the next night. I still haven't watched uh, New Year's Dash yet. But that's where you should have done that angle. Are you saying yeah. that? Are you saying that this is Bret Hart's Hakushi? Uh, Bret Hart's what? Hakushi. Hakushi, yeah. Yes. 
Like we this didn't need his. We didn't need his. This could have been his Jean Pierre Lafitte. Well, wait. But PCO is the world champion right now, though. <laughs> he is a PCO and Jean Pierre Lafitte are two very different characters, sir. But they're the same person. Yes. Isn't that amazing? It's it blows my mind every single day that I see it. Yeah, that the PCO again is now every moonsault, every dive from a five-story balcony through a table. I just think that's Jean Pierre Lafitte. That's the Quebecer. Yeah. Exactly. It blows my fucking mind, and I love That's it. That's the amazing French-Canadian. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. And Well, aside from uh, Kurgan, who is the other amazing French-Canadian. Uh, no, oh, well. that was that. When, when, when him and Jacques were the in WCW, their Quebecer name in WCW was the amazing French-Canadian. Oh, had, for uh, fuck's Colonel sake. Colonel Ralph Parker as their manager. That's the best. That is the absolute <laughs> best. Uh, now, and now he's Frankenstein. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> with with fucking Destro. Destro is the fucking <laughs> dumbest, worst character, but I love it because it's so horrible. Like, what is what is with the jacket that Destro's wearing? What is is he just an what, auto what mechanic? Is the character? Like, like you think it's like a Frankenstein thing, but there's also this weird, like sadist, like BDSM thing going on with Destro at the same. Like, what is it? Like, what's What's happening? I'm like, get rid of Destro and get Cobra Commander in here because this is fucking ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, over and all, Wrestle Kingdom 14 in the books. Uh, fantastic. What do you, uh, what do you on a scale of one to five, what do you give it? Oh, I got it. You have to give it a five. I mean, like, it, it, there's, listen, the, the, the two-night thing was a lot, but what you got out of it at the end was just an incredible couple nights of wrestling. It, it, there's, you, you can't really, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if, if certain things didn't deliver the way they could. Like when you have a match, the caliber of Abushi and Okada on your first night, I mean, like I really liked Okada and Naito. I thought it was great, but it was more just for the moment of seeing Naito win. Yeah. You, know, you couldn't beat that Okada Bushi match from the first night. It was such an amazing. Like Meltzer, I'm sure is going to give it like over five stars or whatever his ridiculous ratings are now at this point. But yeah. like, yeah, I put that right up there with Omega and Okada and all the all the classic. I thought it was. I thought it was Omega Okada worthy. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, look, it was. It, it, it may not have beat it, but it was at least just as good as Omega Okada from the other year. Best match I've seen all year. So yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Now, mind you, uh, Wrestle Kingdom number two, very close behind, would be Hiromu and Osprey. I, I, it was, it, it's a different kind of good, um, but I would, I would put it slightly, slightly, slightly below the uh, Okada Bushi, just because of the, uh, the magnitude of it, the crowd behind it. You know, forty thousand people in Tokyo. It was like, it was your big fight WrestleMania. You know, feel. Yes, exactly. And, uh, yeah, so there we have it. That is your Wrestle Kingdom fucking uh, review. That, that, what a hell of a review. It only took us half the time of one Wrestle Kingdom match to, uh, <laughs> to no, no, to, uh, to get it all through. Uh, Ryan, what's going on with you? Where can we see you upcoming, and where can we find you online? Um, I'm going to be hosting my uh, annual uh, holiday hangover at Gus's this coming February 13th. Uh, oh, no, it'll be uh, 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 January 9th, and then I'll be doing another one on February 13th. Uh, you can catch me at the Cape Town Comedy Club, February 14th and 15th. What's the Cape Town? Where? Uh, Wait, what's the Cape Town Comedy Club? Oh, where Kensville. is that? 
Kempville. Yes. Okay, cool, cool. Yes, yes. It's the uh, the lovely Mr. Mark Sobe's comedy club. Oh, sounds great. Sounds like you're going to oh, get yeah, paid. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be doing that on February 14th and 15th, and then I'll be uh, doing more ring announcing. Uh, there's a brand-new promotion here in Nova Scotia called Pro Wrestling Unleashed. Uh, if you go to YouTube and you look up New Scott, New Scott, who's a good friend of mine, he if there is maritime wrestling, yeah. that's where you see it on his channel on newscott.com uh, or uh, youtube.com slash newscott. So he is going to be putting on a uh, starting a new wrestling promotion and I will be working for them. And uh, you can see that on uh, March 20th. I'll be doing them. Just check it out. Uh, Pro Wrestling Unleashed on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, Ryan S. Freed, and that's Freed, spelled F-R-I-E-D. Uh, yeah, I'll be all over the place doing wrestling, comedy, you name it. All right, and for uh, me, uh, the, later on this month, 24th, 25th, New Brunswick, St. John, I'll be at Punchlines. Uh, yeah, and then some other dates in February that are, that are uh, to be announced. Uh, folks, Thank you for letting us put a headlock in your ears. Thank you for joining us today on uh, Talking Wrestling. And uh, Happy New Year. And uh, people, it's a great time. It's January. Get rid of that Wrestle Kingdom hangover. And let's get ready for the Royal Rumble. Best card oh, of the year. Yeah. See you later. Avios. Talk to you next week. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.